Peace, good people. Peace. Fee, how you feeling? I am feeling like I can take a deep breath now. Ooh, way to go. <laughs> I like that. So what is that? Ease? Is that relief? Feeling relieved. Okay, relieved. I like relaxed. that. Relaxed. Yeah. How about you? I feel reminded. I feel ready. Ready. Yeah. Peace, good people. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Yes. Yes. It's a beautiful day today. We uh, we it experienced is. a lot of rain this week, but... The rain has been coming and pouring. We've gotten all the showers. I'm expecting the flowers. For sure. They were, they were, we were looking out the window the other day and saw, like, the beautiful type of raindrops. You know what I'm talking about? Like, sometimes they just fall how they fall. They're but, heavy. Yeah. But sometimes they have, that, like, that, that angle and it feels... Yeah beautiful so the sun is shining the yard is blossoming Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we are here we are Mm. yeah if you have an affirmation for us today i do have an affirmation for us today one that is a reminder for me of my my process and my grief and that's actually what i wanted to talk about and the affirmation that i have is from my book and i've read it before on our on our podcast but it's always good to hear it again. Is it still true? It is still true. Well, that's all that matters. <laughs> On page 42, mm-hmm. it reads, healing is not a final place. It is changing and ongoing. Healing is not a final place. It is changing and ongoing. Mm-hmm. Heavy on the changing. <laughs> it's even heavier on the ongoing. Lord have mercy. It's not like you need some endurance. Yeah. Um, we, we've talked about this particular affirmation, uh, but today I'd like to know where it finds you, mm. what calls you to it, and how is it impacting I love that the question. journey forward. I love how you frame that, like where it finds you, mm-hmm. where it calls you. Mm-hmm. I, I picked this one in particular because I feel like I'm presently going through a change. And I think change in the past has excited me. I look forward to what comes from change. Most often I feel that I do. And honestly, I think that I respect the changes and welcome like what's coming. I I, I think I said that wrong. I respect what was once be- before. Mm-hmm. And I get excited about the things that are coming, but that isn't always the case around my grief. Uh I think in my grieving experience, I have tended to want to hold on to things tighter. I'll even fight to keep them. I'll wrestle. Mm. And I have found that I have more of a will to fight and wrestle in my grief than I do outside of it concerning a change. And I guess I say all that to say, like, I'm I'm just trying to, like, define internally what it feels like for me in mm-hmm. grief. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm experiencing a change, <laughs> surprisingly, with my hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I can. I, I, yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm experiencing a change with my hair. I'm experiencing a change with my appearance. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm experiencing a change with how I would like to be seen versus like how I, I am being seen right now with my hair. And I thought it was something that was really small, right? And I remember this change happening. It was sometime last year in like June-ish. Mm-hmm. I believe it was like June of 2022. I had, well, prior to June 2022, when I had Kamayu, my hair had grown exponentially. And not only did it like grow in length, but like it got stronger, much thicker. It also got really, really tangled. That was a thing too. <laughs> but I loved how full it looked. I loved how curly it was. I loved how long it was. And so many people used to remark on my hair after I had Kamayu. And they would talk about how long it was. And then when I would see it in pictures, I'm like, yeah, I mean, Kamayu gifted it to me. And I think at one point in my life, I might've been like super proud to have that length because it's like, that that was like a desirable length for me. That was my hair goals ultimately. But in the state of grief that I was in at that time, I didn't really care, you know? Right. But right. hearing from all those around me complimenting my hair, mm-hmm. I couldn't help but just be like, yeah, Kamayu gave me this hair, you know? Mm-hmm. Like this was the gift from her. I didn't lose any hair. I gained a lot of hair. Mm-hmm. And even though like I was pumping and donating my milk, I didn't experience any hair loss after her. But when I had Kamali, my hair growth also like doubled, but I experienced the loss of my edges from nursing, right? Mm-hmm, do you remember mm-hmm. that? I do, and which is why I laughed when you said your hair and I wasn't laughing because the simple matter I laughed because of how it found us in mm-hmm. this conversation. And I didn't particularly see it coming as a named thing. Mm-hmm. But if I think about and listen to you over time and how you've expressed it and how you've expressed the changes, it it is so clear to me how this is linked. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a uh, it was the, the the succinctness of it all that made me smile as I'm looking at you and you're still beautiful to me. Right. Mm -hmm. But I recognize that what I see and what I experience Mm -hmm. is not the same as what you see and what you experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I experienced little hair loss with Kamali, the edges. And that was a little difficult to experience. Um, because I didn't experience that with Kamayu, but you know, they were different pregnancies, so different experiences. And I celebrate that, you know. Right. I respect that. But even with the edges lost, like I had so much hair still, I could cover my edges. <laughs> you know, so um and as my edges grew back, like it was all good. You know, take they take time, but they were coming back. Strong. And I would get my hair braided on and off. Hair still strong, still doing its thing, curls still popping, curling, you know, curling all the way. And then in June 2022, I take my hair out and I use, um, I guess it was like, I think it was like a different product, but it was a curly product. And after I washed my hair, I remember like looking and like, damn, where'd my hair go? I had lost the fullness. I had lost the volume and I lost the curl pattern. Mm. And I was kind of 
surprised and shocked, like, damn, what happened to my curl pattern, you know? And hair is such a, I don't know how to, I don't know what word to define it. I'm going to say intimate relationship that a person has with themselves, or at least I'll speak for me. It's been an intimate relationship. You know, Mm -hmm. it matters to me how my hair looks. I, I want it to look a particular way. And at this point in my life, in June 2022, it was not looking the way that I wanted it to look. Mm-hmm. So I guess I figured, well, let me make sure I keep taking my vitamins. Because that was one thing that happened. I stopped taking my vitamins. You know, let me make sure I'm using the right products, hydration. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, how do I get my curl back? But in that time, because my hair wasn't looking as full as I wanted it to, to look and not as curly, I decided to just keep rocking the braids. Mm-hmm. And um, I noticed that I noticed that maybe my my ends might have needed to be trimmed. So you know you you go through the regular like hair maintenance, and I'm making sure that my ends are trimmed. I'm making sure that I'm being careful with it and it's being cared for. I'm letting it breathe and doing all of these other things. And over time, I have not seen my hair revert back to the way that it was when I had Kamayu. And that saddens me, right? Like, damn, this is how I would like my hair to look. Kamayu gifted me that hair. But looking in the mirror these last couple of days, it has hit me a little bit differently than I anticipated. It's been a few months now. It's it's actually almost coming on a year. And I am looking at my hair like, okay, something now needs to be done. And I sent a video to my homegirls, BC and Dominica, showing them like what's happening with my hair and asking them like, what do you guys think I should do? And after I sent that video, I started to think to myself like, okay, I'm, it's probably going to be time for me to cut it. Now, I'm no stranger to short hair. I have had short hair in my life. I've cut my hair from when it was really long to like a pixie cut. You know what I'm going to do? If the listeners are following me, I'm gonna give them a little reference. I'm gonna take them a little, <laughs> take them on a little journey, a little throwback, and okay. we're gonna do a little tribute to all Felicia's hairstyles because oh. <laughs> she's had them. She's had them. She's had them in all variation of colors, lengths, <laughs> um, braids, mm-hmm. uh, feeder braids, cornrows, singles, uh, all types. Got blonde, brown. So we're gonna do we're gonna do a little hair brown, journey. Black. I, I realize black is it for me. I need to stop trying to go with that blonde, <laughs> but. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Oh, no, no. It's all good. Your hair and your journey deserves all the space for you to explore how it's connected to the feelings, to the emotions, to the waves that are grief. Mm -hmm. What I experience is a little different. I I have to look through a number of hairstyles or preparing (laughs) hairstyles as she's getting ready to figure out how she wants to wear it. And then I make a recommendation sometimes. But, you know, I also share the pleasure, the up-close intimacy with you. Uh, sometime when it's time to take down the braids, right? And I got a little bit of time, and Kamali is giving us a little bit of time. <laughs> Karika does help me with the braids. Because <laughs> here's a little, here's a little uh, underknown fact about me. <laughs> I think of all my mom's sons, mm-hmm. I used to help her take down her braids the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it would be a really cool way to kind of spend quality time but she always complained, always, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I wasn't doing it fast enough. And I would ask her, how well am I supposed to do this? 
I don't have practice at this. This isn't a skill that I'm working toward getting better at. I do it to spend time with you. And similarly, oh, I do it sweet. to spend time with you. That's sweet. Yeah, you're not very fast, but it is sweet. And it's intimate. <laughs> we take it down. <laughs> uh, that's enough. <laughs> but yeah, I um, I I sent the messages, like I said, to my friends. And after I sent the messages, I started thinking about what my hair would be like short again. And I think you had just walked into the kitchen when I started to experience the thought. Mm-hmm. And I found myself in that state of wanting to wrestle and wanting to fight all over again. Because that is where you issue your greatest fight. Mm-hmm. All right. As you said, in those feelings and the grief, it's sometimes being open to change. But in this particular instant, it causes so much resistance. I felt all the resistance. I could feel it in my core. I could feel it rising up to my chest. And I didn't even realize until that moment that I am still connecting myself to Kamayu through this hair. Never known that. I, I said, I, I am still, let me be rephrase that. I am connecting my hair to Kamayu and I did not even know it. Wow. Which wow. is so unique because or, or it's not right i wonder how many people experience this in in loss um where they are challenged with like changing the way something looks the, i imagine it might be that case in someone's home in a room or something right like you don't want to make these changes because you feel like if you make the change then it it almost is pulling you away from that loved one or you're moving on from that loved one and that experience in your life. Mm-hmm. And that is what I felt. That's where I felt the wrestling. I did not realize Whoa. that I was having this, this connection to Kamayu with my hair. And in addition to that, I thought about it more and, and I was like, I actually... If I change my hair, would that suggest that I am no longer that version of myself? You remember how I used to grieve the person that I thought I was before I had Kamayu? Uh-huh. I and I also grieve the person I thought I would be? I do. Over time, I've realized that I have come to accept this identity as Kamayu's mother. And any change from that, I wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. So even in my appearance, I wrestle with that. Wow. Like, I didn't even realize that the the reality is I have changed. So much about me has changed since the day I've had her. But I've grown to love that version of myself now that it's hard for me to experience a change again. Mm. Because it's like it feels like it's taking me further away from her. Which is a fair and valid feeling. And I also want to say that I think you articulated that beautiful. I think you articulated, I also want to say I think you articulated that beautifully because in this spaces, like yeah, we, we, we hear of people like making big changes as life change, right? Whether that's a haircut or Something else, but when you when you went further and investigated the way a loved one might leave a room, 
the same. Leave the furniture the same. Leave the jersey on the wall. Mm -hmm. Leave all the indicators of the promise that their child had. This isn't an uncommon experience that I've come to know from parents who've lost children, mm -hmm. especially when they're in the same home. Mm -hmm. I've seen and heard rooms remaining the same for years. And I think that similarly, your hair is a room in. Mm -hmm. And my role is Kamai's mom. Legit. And I had no clue I was feeling that way, Regan. I weeped. I weeped. It broke my heart. Like, how can I change this this part of myself? Even though I look in the mirror and I obviously see, like, it is time. It is no longer healthy for my hair to be this way. It is time to make a change. Don't look at me like that. I'm serious, man. No, oh, no, I'm, I'm serious. I, <laughs> go ahead. And Karika can look at me like, nah, I think it's okay. Nah, nah, that's not what I'm saying. That's actually not what I'm what? saying. This is a sidebar. And I've Here never sidebar. I've never in the middle of my grief. Go ahead. I've never addressed this publicly. I might have said something to you once. The only person I've talked to about this is John. Okay. I just want to name this. In my grief and away from barbers. My beard and how high my sideburns. Oh, my up. God. Those no, listen, sideburns. No, listen, listen, listen. I'm naming it now because <laughs> I became a version of myself. Mm -hmm. um, and tr truthfully, it, it wasn't one that I was clinging to. I experienced like, who is this version that I've become? Mm. Different than the one that I that I know myself to be or that I've planned to be. Mm-hmm very different than your hair and how it was gifted to you. But I began to, I guess you say almost in a sense, wear those emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, and the only reason why I got my beard trimmed and lined up was you. Okay. That was the <laughs> only reason because there was no other incentive for me. Mm -hmm. I it, understand. It didn't that. spark joy. I understand that. Right. The, the maintenance of myself didn't spark joy in that way. I took care of myself internally because I wanted to be healthy, mm -hmm. but the, the outward appearance didn't spark joy, mm. but shout out to my good friends and my good barbers who helped me make that change, <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry, baby. Just No, it's okay. I appreciate that we can um, investigate grief in this way and then also like laugh. And because we also know that grief isn't only sadness. Well, we do know that. It is the fullness of our memories. Absolutely. And it will include some tears mm -hmm. and some laughter. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I weeped. I weeped about the idea of the change. And I think part of me felt bad that I've changed so much since then. Yeah, I was sad that I've changed so much. I think I even might have felt a little bit guilty about changing so much since I've had her. But I also realized that, and it's, it's funny, right? In that moment, I'm very much aware of the affirmation that I read. I'm very much aware of where it comes from, how I, how I found it and everything. Like I know that this process is changing and ongoing. My grief 
will be changing and ongoing. But so is like life, right? I'm also not the same person that I was when I had Kamali. I'm even different from that day. And not in like the literal sense, because there's a new day each day. And I am who I am only in this moment right now. But the way that I feel about my grief, the, you know, the way that I felt about Kamayu when I had Kamali is different today. Mm-hmm. And I think that saddened me, but it was also an invitation to be reminded of how we are connected. And I love that Kamayu does that for me. I feel like she does that personally. The same way that I'm able to look at Kamali and admire all of the changes that have happened, mm-hmm. like the way that I experience it changes with Kamayu is like this. There are little subtle reminders where I realize like, oh, there's something here. She is calling me to move past this place. And even though I weep, I celebrate that we still have that connectedness because what I needed to do after that was go and explore more about it. What is this moment teaching me? Mm-hmm. And it was an invitation for me to sit down and remind myself that the presence or absence of my hair does not dictate the magnitude of our relationship. We are ever connected. That's it. And I had to be reminded that not only are we ever, we're infinitely connected. That's it. So whether I have hair that's long down to my ass or it's short, you know, yeah, with, that's it. it. I am still her mother differently than I imagined, not a deficit in who I am and that this process is changing ongoing. I'm, I'm, I'm still her mother differently than I imagined, but not a deficit in who I am. That's a bar. Write that one down. In that exact sequence. Funny. That exact sequence. I am still, it, I think it's my first affirmation. Oh, if it's your first affirmation, it's not written just like that. It's not? Mm-mm. I'm I'm grateful to be a mother differently than I ever imagined, but not a deficiency in who I am. Not a deficit in who I am. I know. It was just a, <laughs> I, I know the affirmation. It's yeah. a bar. Thank you. But the thing that I find to be so profound in grief mm-hmm. and the journey a good companion in grief doesn't seek to reroute your feelings and your thoughts. Mm-hmm. A good companion in grief will be by your side mm-hmm. as you navigate and figure and find for yourself. Yeah. Because the only safe spaces in grief are the ones you find for yourself. Yeah. When they're forced or coerced or you feel like you have to go along to get along. That's not the peace we need. And we need space and time to explore. Because another affirmation you write suggests it's a greater tragedy to not let grief grow you. To miss the opportunity to let grief grow me. Right. Mm -hmm. And when grief grows you, it will take you down feelings that feel inconvenient. Mm-hmm. that feel heavy to wear mm-hmm. because they're a beckoning and an invitation to go within. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yes. It's, it's actually in my observation, we tend to go inward upon reflection, upon maybe experiencing a heavy of this dimension. Mm-hmm. And it isn't until we go in that we get to explore the wisdoms and the findings and the new way love has blossomed. Mm-hmm. I guess very similarly to a, a tightly coiled rose. And it takes time and rain Mm -hmm. and sunshine Mm -hmm. and maybe even a few visitors, insects, Mm -hmm. 
for us to see the full story of that rose. All those conditions have to happen for it to open. Mm. Wow. And grief in its ongoing and ever-changing nature gives us those invitations to go inward. Yes. When I first heard you start talking about your hair, I want to acknowledge that upon reflection, I feel like I misspoke. Because if I just name what a good grief companion does, when I first heard her, you talk about your hair, I did the opposite. And I offered a reframe. And I offered that reframe because of my proximity to you. Mm-hmm. But what I'm called to remember is that I must trust you in your time, no matter how uncomfortable it looks of what you're experiencing. I can love you, but you finding your own reframes are the only ones that matter. Mm. Uh, In the house that day, I misspoke, but I misspoke because of a a wisdom and a proximity. Because I actually remember the day we went to the airport and you were crying, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Because you thought you left her behind. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was written on your sweatshirt, your sweatpants, your jacket. And there were people waiting in D.C. to receive you on her behalf. Right. With more (laughs) more stuff. So I had that memory. I had that knowing. I keep it with me, Mm -hmm. especially when it gets uncomfortable. Yeah. But in the kitchen, the day you were speaking about your hair, I feel like I prematurely offered a reframe. And though true. It doesn't, it, it doesn't find you on the day that you aren't looking for it, mm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to own that, that even I am learning to be a better grief companion. No, how, no matter how well I have attended and been by your side in some seasons, because it's changing and ongoing, yeah. Who I was may not be who you need. Mm-hmm. You need a companion in that moment that helps you access your feelings in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even I get to learn how to better uh, assist and love and be with Kamayu's mother. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am her father. I didn't carry her the way you carried her. We both carry her now a little differently. And I guess it's even similar to the way we carry our children who are alive. The way dad carries her, Kamali is not the same way mom carries Kamali. No. I'm liable to fling her up on my shoulder with one arm, right? (laughs) Carry over my shoulder like a suitcase when she's acting up. Mm -hmm. We carry differently but not a deficit. <laughs> I like that. I like that. There's a there's so much to find here. This is why it I have is. a deep respect for the process. I was just getting ready to say that. Like I, I'm incredibly grateful that I still today have room to investigate the process. Mm-hmm. Being able to practice the habits of mind, but also like I've learned what I needed along the way. I've learned how to identify 
the moments when I'm challenged, when I'm when I'm feeling like I need to wrestle, mm-hmm. I'm realizing, okay, these are invitations to explore more now. That's it. So I'm grateful that I have the practice of that. And not only just the practice of it, but the room to actually go forward with it and to not be fearful about what's on the other side and to not feel like it's taking up too much time or I don't need it or I'm fine where I'm at. Like, But, you know, I realize like learning to do this has been the practice of keeping me connected to Kamayu as well. So, like I said, I'm grateful that she would even bring me to this place to understand the ways that we are still very much connected, even as the seasons change. And not only do I change, she changes. Big time. She's changing too. The same way that Kamali is changing. I look at her and I'm freaking blown away that how much change happens in a short amount of time. Yeah. So it behooved me to think that I wouldn't be experiencing these changes with them. Ah, that is the relationship. It is the relationship, I say, whenever we are in a dynamic where we are to care, lead, teach, then we must expect to be taught. Mm -hmm. We must expect to be led. Right. And we have to be willing to be changed ourselves. Yes. There is no teacher who steps in the classroom who leads, changes lives without having their lives led by their young people in some way. Mm. without having their lives changed by their young people in some way. There's a reciprocity there. There is. And And so too is it with grief. (laughs) And I also think that some of the weight that you experience that creates the invitation to go inward sounds like siblings. It sounds like one child needs this thing and the other child needs this thing. And sometimes we feel very stretched Mm -hmm. when our children need different things Mm -hmm. around the same time Mm -hmm. but it grows us and it expands us and it evolves us Mm -hmm. it also teaches us how to communicate our limitations our needs Uh, daddy's not available right now right Mm -hmm. it's easier to say that to kamali than it is kamayu I will say this much. Um, I love the way she calls us. Mm -hmm. No matter what brings me to interfacing with the growth or the change, just call however you can. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. And I'll be right there. Mm -hmm. I also want to share his context really quickly for the listeners. When I talked about, Offering the reframe that I thought was uh, misplaced in its timing. I want, I'm going to share what I said because it even wasn't in, at no definition was it malicious. But this is uh, a careful, gentle reminder to fathers, husbands, partners, and people who may sometimes have the tendency or the gifting to listen and solve and process. (laughs) Our solutions by way of word don't always land where they were intended to. 
what I shared with Felicia that day was I asked if I could offer a reframe and I said, I recognize the changes. I see it. But I want to remind you that you are Kamali's mother at the root. Right? Not at the ends. Kamali and... Kamayu. <laughs> see how that goes? <laughs> Kamayu's mother at the root, not at the end. Yeah. Meaning your very DNA, who you are and where it comes from and where she comes from are connected forever. No matter how the hair might change. The reason why I said that is because we have been together for 19 years now Mm -hmm. and I've seen changes. Mm -hmm. And my job is to love you more intentionally and more fiercely each day. So it's from that fierce love and that intentional love that no matter what I see, I know who I love. Yeah. I think that reframe, I took no offense by it. And I think it was a beautiful reframe to offer, one that helped me in my process. And it's actually no different than what Javicia shared with me as well. And she reminded me, like, if you look at the science of hair, when it grows out of your scalp, it's dead. But it's the DNA, it's what's inside that is living. And I thought that was so powerful and profound And then she extended an invitation to me, like, to be intentional about figuring out, okay, what is next on this part of your journey? And I thought that was so so profound. Hey, Javicia is really my dog, though. That's my girl, man. She she gave me a word. And I always tell her, I always appreciate her being a guiding light in this way. Um, The lens by which she is, she explores, it feels so, it's bright. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's wide. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny, not only did I receive that, I received what you said, I received what she said, and I had a conversation with my friend Phil the other day, and I was sharing with him what I was experiencing presently with my hair. And he said, he shared with me, he said, you know, I don't know what it's like to have any kids, but it, it sounds to me like it's somewhat like an umbilical cord. And when you have to cut it, when it's no longer of use to the baby, and I said, well, goddamn, not just. <laughs> um, okay, Phil. That made, it made uh, so much sense to I'm me. I'm going to give Phil a call on that word. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I got a word all over it. <laughs> but I think you all have been incredible companions in my processing along the journey. And offering the reframe is helpful. And it has made room for my process. So I I celebrate all of them. Um, And it's not like, you know, you're looking for anything, but you all just being familiar with my experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of loss. Like I I celebrate that. I celebrate it as well. Thank you for giving the context. But no, I just stand in admiration of all the people who are companions to us Mm -hmm. in grief on the journey. And when I say may we love more abundantly. This is the type of intentional abundance I'm talking about mm-hmm. where we investigate how to better love the people we say we love, mm-hmm. right? How to do it better in practice for those who we say we love the most. Man, weren't we talking about this other day with Job? And I was telling him, like, yeah. Job, like the, a lot of people, when they are experiencing a hardship, when someone is experiencing a hardship, 
Okay, let me just stop. In my hardships, Job has been a reference people have thrown, I won't say thrown at me, they've suggested for me. And I hated that suggestion because I thought I knew the story of Job. But I went back and I read Job. And when I read it, I realized like, oh, Job, the book of Job is not for the person enduring the hardship. It's for the people that are supporting the ones that are enduring the hardship. It teaches you how to show up for them. And just be by their side. Just be by their side. Nobody came to Job and says, I have the answer for what you're going through. (laughs) No, they didn't. They came and they were silent. They had nothing to say. Let then let him talk. That's it. Let me experience my grief. Let them experience their grief. Let them endure their process. Their process is it's their own time. What? Don't you laugh at me? I'm not laughing at you. I just imagine somebody pulling up next to Joe with a bucket of fried chicken, <laughs> right? <laughs> and just let him talk when they fed him. And he was just sitting there just eating that chicken. <laughs> and just, <laughs> yeah, I got to pray for him. Pray with me too. Because <laughs> don't none of y'all know if nobody brought no chicken to him or not. You're right. You never know. And and, and at that time, it might not have been the chicken, right? But whatever the currency of good food was, um, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> you can't see it? No. Think about it. Think about it. You don't have answers. Mm. You ain't lying. Just show up. I may eat the food. I may not. Sometimes in grief, you don't have appetite. But sometimes when you're tearing in the spirit in grief, you get real hungry. Right? Lauren <laughs> would be right here shouting with you. And and if you're and if you're and if your friend who is grieving is a vegan, please respect their <laughs> you know, their choice of nutrition and pull up with some delicious vegan grub. It does not have to be bland. It can be very well seasoned and tasty. Lauren is right. She's sitting in her room right now. Like tell him, Reed, tell I'm, doing, him. I'm doing that for my sis. Well, go ahead. Fee. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to explore more about uh, this process of my grief with me. And I had an affirmation that I wanted to close with from my book. And, uh, It reads, the love was worth experiencing. I am grateful I haven't lost the love. And I I feel like that is an important reminder for the journey. Yes. The love is worth experiencing. Even though I wrestle, I fight the change, I'm grateful I haven't lost the love. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. Korean Felicia. And thank you for tuning in, especially the listeners who feel like circumstances or the listeners in the margin when it feels like the world just wants to take the love from you and give you anger or spite or resentment in return for the way they've treated you. Don't let it inhabit the space where your love resides. Mm. The love is yours for you to explore. From my family to yours, we all love more abundantly. Thank you to our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver. Thank you to our producer, Crystal Hill. And our wonderful team of editors. (laughs) Until we cross paths again, massive love. Peace. Peace.